0: Hello, good morning, such an amazing song, I love Amazing Grace. I don't know if you know the history of this song, it's really nice. Hello, let me introduce myself first. And Danny, I'm glad to be here, it's my privilege to share with you God's Word this morning. We are going to the Old Testament, the book of Ezekiel. I just give already the, the book so you have time to open your Bible or to use your phone, Ezekiel chapter 37. So this slave trader, he was in the, in the ship bringing slaves here and there, and the slaves they used to sing this song without the lyrics, without the letters, just the sound. And that song was so powerful for that man. And later on he came to Christ, and later on he met a man preaching in here in England, and his name was John Wesley, and he gave his life for Jesus, not only for this, uh, for Jesus, but also um, to fight against slavery. So the history of this song is amazing, it's beautiful, I do recommend you to watch or to try to understand. Very good morning, again. So is—is is me, it's okay, sound, okay. <laughs> We are in a series talking about the Holy Spirit, and today I want to share with you some verse in the scriptures before we pray. Now, usually I ask for for the guys in the back to display here the Bible verse, and usually I do this with short verses so can we can fit in this screen and you can read together, but not today. Today we are doing something old-fashioned. We are reading our Bibles or your phone or your paper Bible because we are going to read uh, a bigger uh, chunk, some 10 verses we're going to read in Ezekiel chapter 37. Very famous text many of us we are familiar with, some of us not, is the The Valley of Dry Bones. So let's read and pray and then we can keep talking. Ezekiel chapter 37, The Valley of Dry Bones. The hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the Spirit of of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says uh, to these bones. I you make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And. As I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones come together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath. From the four winds and breath, and breathe into this lane, that they may live, they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet as a vast army. Amen. Amen. Lord, we we are now in this moment before you and before your word we love your word we need this word to speak with us this morning so this morning we pray for for this this breath for this wind of the spirit coming to our lives we pray for our hearts and minds to be here now receiving your instructions to our lives so i pray in jesus name amen amen Amen. Guys, I don't know about you. Sometimes I wake up in the morning with songs or with some weird questions in my brain, in my mind, mainly when it's Sunday morning. So Sunday morning, coming to this building, and mainly when I know, we have the the dates with different preachers, mainly when I know I'm going to preach. So okay, I have some questions in my mind. Some of these questions, this week I was talking with uh, Giovanna about this. And uh, will what I'm doing today have an impact in the future generations? So sometimes I, I think, okay, let me think. 50 years after I die, is someone remembering me or talking about some? I'm not talking about being famous or talking about being important to someone. I'm having an impact. Because sometimes things like our generation lives only for itself. We planted seeds for ourselves to eat, but we don't think in the next the next uh, generation to come. So this is weird. <laughs> sometimes I think, OK, what would be my sentence summarizing my whole life in my tombstone, gravestone? Something that someone can read and think, well, this person touched my life at some point or somehow? What kind of legacy? And when you come to a building like this another Sunday morning, maybe you're part of this church for many years. Maybe you're just arriving now. Or you were part of some, another church in another place. What effect or impact does this service to your life because what validates the Sunday morning service is our life between Sundays. is outside, the practicalities or the daily life. What effect does this service have in your life? The songs that we sing or preachings or the chats that we have, the moments that we have together one hour and a half per week here Sunday morning. Is this changing your life? Is this Changing somehow your perspective, your worldview, your opinions? Are you changing? Are you, I don't know, in this kind of progressive journey, growing? Can the results be seen in your life? Was there a change after what you heard in this church for many years? So all these questions, sometimes they come to my mind. And... And sometimes I think, okay, we are a Christian nation or we have lots of information about God. Is this changing my life, in my family, in my home? Have you become a better husband, a more understandable, understanding person, or a better son, daughter, wife? Are you changing at home in your workplace? Are you different? Did your friend say something for you that well, you, you, you are improving, you are different? Did the others see difference in you? Have you changed in your workplace? Your life with God? Have you noticed any significant difference in your prayer life? Has your relationship with the Bible changed? Are you loving more this book? Are you reading more this book? Have you come to hate sin? So all these questions about my home, my work, my life with God. They come to my mind sometimes when I'm walking to this building. And then I create this expectation in my heart. Okay. What, he, what is he doing today with me? Because maybe we have someone here with this expectation. Okay, another Sunday morning. I'm going to that place, but maybe at some point, he can speak with me. I can, with some song, or in the preaching, the sermon, or in in that moment of refreshments, someone, maybe I have the Holy Spirit saying something to me. I don't know. So every time I come here. And then I realize another thing, that sometimes... I was having this conversation again with that lady. What's her name? Giovanna. (laughs) We are addicted to comfort and also to instant gratification. We love a comfortable church, a comfortable friends. or We love shallow conversations, small talk. We love those things because they are not provoking us in nothing. We love a comfortable sermon or a comfortable God. We love those things. So every time these questions, they come to my heart, they are not comfortable. They are just challenging. For example, after many years coming to the church or preaching, when I look to my life or to the mirror, I have this question. Have my desire for sanctification increased? The way that I look to this book is different. Or my relationship with this local church, is this different? Was there a desire to get more involved or to donate more or to come early for a meeting before the service? I don't know. So the conclusion that I have is we all need some kind of awakening. We all need some kind of, I don't know, we have a word for this. Revival or to bring life again for something that had life before, but is kind of sleeping or... I don't know. And then we bring a new life. The word we use for this is awakening or revival. We need this. So today we'll be talking about the things that the Holy Spirit does. There's a lot of things that he does. In the small groups this week we have notes and you see he convicts of sin and everything he does. But one thing he does is to bring life again. It's to bring life again. So I love this. So a few years ago, let me read this paragraph for you. American pastor called Francis Chan, he launched this book. He launched this book called The Forgotten God, talking about the Holy Spirit. And I put this paragraph here, I want to read for you. And he said in the book, it's a, it's a very good book, I do recommend you from, I think it was in 2009 he launched this book. Have you ever thought about the significance of having another counselor who is just like Christ? Right now, imagine what it would be like to have Christ standing beside you in the flesh, functioning as your personal counselor. Imagine the peace that would come from knowing you would always receive perfect truth and flawless direction from him. That sounds amazing. And none of us could deny the benefit of having Jesus here physically guiding and enabling us every step of the way. Yet, why do we assume that this would be any better than the literal presence of the Holy Spirit? Those of us who believed in Jesus would never deny the true. The truth that we have the spirit of living God, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, living inside of us. And just not convinced we have internalized this truth and enjoyed his blessings and he, as he intends. It seems like this is mostly had knowledge to us and that we have not owned it it has not really made much of difference in our lives to the degree that if we woke up tomorrow and discovered that it's not true, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, most likely our lives wouldn't look much different. Why? I love the, the title of this book, The Forgotten God. You know, through the history, through history, but... Sometimes uh, churches or or Christians, they think everything started from now, 50 years ago. We have 2,000 years of history since the apostles and Jesus and churches and everything. So in the whole history, we, we never had that attention for the person of the Holy Spirit. And let me open the brackets here. That's why it's so important what we are doing as a local church. We cannot change the world, but we try to do something in our context here. And, And this church, if you don't know, is part of a family called New Frontiers. And we call ourselves a church of word and spirit. So we had this last week. Uh, on last Wednesday, the deeper truth we can here. Lots of people came because we are really uh, uh, putting attention on this. Our people they need to grow in Bible knowledge and the Word of God. Be very, uh, being very rooted in the Word of God uh, and a good theology. But also we believe in the gifts of the Spirit and the person of the Spirit. But through history, we didn't have this very much. When they start to organize. The Christianism as a religion, they put in a piece of paper all the information about Christianism and they said, okay, now this is Christianism. And they have that, we call this document the Creed, the Apostles' Creed. And then they have a lot of paragraphs explaining the work of Jesus and who was God or who is God and etc. When it comes to the Holy Spirit in this beautiful document, we have one line, only one line. And it's written there, I believe in the Holy Spirit, full stop nothing about him. And for many centuries. So last week we had a uh, webinar. Some of you, you were there, some of you were not there. So we had this kind of timeline talking about the the history and the person of the Holy Spirit. So in the, in the very beginning, uh, we had the church fathers, something that we call patristic era from the second century. So Augustine, Chrysostom, and lots of very important men who were uh, writing a lots of important documents about our theology and what we believe. So today we have everything ready from centuries of history and for many centuries they denied or they never wrote something about the person of the Holy Spirit. And then you think, okay, but we have the Bible. You have the Bible now. In those days, they didn't. Nobody had access to the Bible. They, they didn't know how to read. Or the Bible was in Latin. Just for some few special people to read. The ordinary, normal people that had no information about the Bible. And then we have the Protestant Reformation. Luther, In 1536, this man, John Calvin, he launched a book called the Institute of Christian Religion. Four books. One book for the father, another for uh, the son. The third book about the Holy Spirit. The fourth about the church. And finally, we have a book explaining the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit. And then we have the 6th century with John Owen, a British um, Puritan, with this classic, beautiful, amazing book. And the name was the Holy Spirit. But again, a lot of misunderstanding about him and people kind of despising him without understanding. That's why this title from, from Francis Chan is so important, The Forgotten God. The Forgotten God. And then after a few years, we had the beginning of 20th century. So the, the academics or, or the theologians... Uh, uh, they call the 20th century as the century of the Holy Spirit. Is when we, we, became, uh, we start to have a lots of content, material, explaining about the Holy Spirit. The first book of this century is this beautiful book, The Work of the Holy Spirit from Abraham Kuyper. And then we have lots of revivals and stories about the Holy Spirit. But just to summarize here, in America, we had this man, Charles Fuchs Parham. Uh, by the first time... Preaching about something that we today called the Pentecostal movement with tongues, with gifts, with healing. Before this, this was something for a thousand of years. The Catholic Church, they were denying the Holy Spirit saying that all the manifestation or tongues or gifts, they were demonic. Demonic, we say demonic Manifestations and not biblical. For centuries, he was the forgotten God. And then this man who was giving a lesson about the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He he was a former Methodist pastor. And one of the ladies in the, the class, she said, could you pray for me? I want this gift. And he prayed for her. And she spent two days speaking and writing Chinese. And for those people, oh, what's happening? What's happening? And one of the students, he used to sit outside the, the, the classroom because he was black. And at, it was a lot of racism in America in those days. And this man called William Seymour. He received the Holy Spirit. So he came down to the street a sm- in a small house. He started invite friends. And from the house, they started a church in a place called Azusa Street. And came a big revival 1905 1906 he was a grandson of slaves blind from uh, one of his eyes and it was a powerful movement and from the Zusa street we had the lots of movements about the holy spirit something that we call today the pentecostal movement many churches denominations and etc this is just a timeline so my question is okay nice danny why did you read Ezekiel? <laughs> Reading a guy from the Old Testament. Who was this man? How? I don't know the. What's the bridge? Who was Ezekiel? This is important because sometimes we just jump these names in the Old Testament. We don't know what's happening. Oh, the guy is a weird name, and all these biblical names is a problem. My mother, he was. Uh, she was a very. Uh, old-fashioned Pentecostal lady. So when I was born, looked at danger. And she said, God, you choose the name of my son. And the book of the Bible <laughs> where I opened, you'll be his name. couldn't imagine. I could call Haggai or I don't know. <laughs> and the, the risk was she did three times. The first one, Daniel. Second, oh, three times. So man, I... Can imagine the bullying at school? Wow. <laughs> Ezekiel was a man, was a prophet. His father was a priest. So was he, because to be a priest in those days was a familiar thing. And when he came to 25 years old, he became a priest, but he could start his ministry only with 30 years old. Five years of preparation, studying. He was a great uh, uh, guy, he knew everything about lots of stuff, even shipbuilding. And for he, when he was born, Jeremiah, the prophet in your Bible, Jeremiah, he was already preaching for four years, and then Ezekiel was born. And Daniel, in your Bible, they were from the same time, uh, contemporaneous. Is the word they lived in the same era and the same uh, generation? So the Babylons they came, they invaded Judah, they took lots of people, slaves, or to captivity, we say, and Daniel was, it was one of them. A few years later, the Babylons they came again, they took 10,000 men, slaves, and Ezekiel was in the second uh, moment. So he was a prophet of God, living in Babylon, and prophesying, speaking in the name of the Lord. Uh, bringing consolation or rebuking or correction for the people of God in Babylon. His name means God's my strength. Um, and why he is so important. In the chapter 37, we had this beautiful, strong, weird experience about the dry bones, the valley of dry bones. In verse 2, he said, God makes me um, walk among them among them it's amazing when god wants you to walk in the midst of the calamity or or the pain you see sometimes god's not avoiding suffering but he put us in the middle and make us to walk so the situation was a dry bone valley very dry No life, no joy, no hope, nothing, just bones. But Ezekiel as well, very sad and sometimes hopeless because of the situation of his people. When he was looking around and all these bones and the the chapter says these bones, they were like the people of Israel. No life. And Ezekiel feeling very powerless. What can I do? Actually, I believe he was feeling also very dry. I felt like this many times in my life. When you look to situations and you don't know what to do to change. You don't have power. You don't have the money. You don't have the influence. You don't have the right surname. Or you don't have, I don't know. And and God makes us walk into some situations in life where... We don't have solution, and we don't know how to cope with this because we are addicted in comfort and easy, easy things, or to find answers for everything. And sometimes, look to your family, you don't know what to do, or you look to a church or to the future, and you don't have answers, and you're walking these valleys, and and you think, wow, I don't see hope here. I don't see. What can I do to change this now we are not we are not this kind of Christians who believe that God will protect us from any kind of suffering there's, n- there's nothing it is not true if We have lots of this on YouTube and some preachers at some places teaching that you are amazing and your life you 'll be happy forever, but it 's not true, and sometimes you have someone that you love um will under some disease that you cannot control you cannot change and you know the day is coming where you need to say goodbye sometimes this is a real life this is the between sundays sometimes you are struggling to forgive someone or you still have that desire of revenge or someone wasn't fair with you 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 cannot forgive yourself so All of those things, they are dry bones. They are valleys around us. And they are walking in the midst of this. And then the Lord has this very difficult question sometimes for us. In verse 3. So what do you think? Sometimes I just replace the name Ezekiel and I put my name here. Daniel, can these bones have life again? Can this situation change do you believe? And sometimes I really don't believe. You do. So, some days we wake up in the morning feeling the champion of the faith, and you put some worship songs in our Spotify, and you, yes, and we are happy. Sometimes we just wake up in the morning with not faith at all. Sometimes it's the same day. You're full of faith in the morning. In the afternoon, you, you, you don't see nothing uh, about church or God. In the evening, you are angry. In the night, you are happy again. So this question is, can these bones leave? This was the spiritual state or situation of the nation of Israel. Without the life of God, it was an army. Probably they had some fight, some war in that place. They were defeated and they were there under the sun drying. And the verse 10 says that everyone, this is the whole house of Israel, so everyone was responsible for that situation. I do believe when I look to, to, to the church, not CCC, to the church of Christ and this generation, Sometimes our excess of comfort and passivity and laziness, spiritual laziness, has come before God and will serve as a witness against us. Sometimes our excesses, they will be a witness before God against us. Without the life. It's another Sunday morning. And to God be holy and present and lovely and full of compassion and mercy and giving opportunities. And, and this is a great news, but also can be a bad news. If I leave this place, if I take my car, I go home and, and I live my life in my own terms. And after 15 minutes, I forgot everything that I was listening this morning. And I don't see difference in my home, in my practical life as a person or in my workplace or In my relationship with God, I don't tremble anymore. I don't feel, and this is my tragedy. So when God comes with this question, Daniel, can you see your spiritual life? Can you see your family, your next generation? Can you see the church that you work with? Can you see the church of Christ in the Western world? Can you see what's happening around you? Because sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes we don't want to see it. We don't want bad news. We, we just, again, we just love superficial, shallow, not nothing deep. And the question is, can this have life again? Revival. Awakening. Awakening of my sleep. Awakening of my prayer life. Some... Different experience coming from him. Well Ezekiel answer and his answer to God was, Well, I don't know. I like when people are honest. I like when we don't pretend a fake spirituality. God don't deal with this person that is in my Instagram. God deals with me. And he knows everything. So Ezekiel could say, "Okay, God, let me give a very spiritual, clever answer." Yes, I believe, but he didn't. So a good, clever answer was, "Wow, you know, Lord." <laughs> well, of course, he knows everything. But in another words, he was saying, "This is not a work for a man. Amen. This is not a work for me. I have good intentions." I have dreams for my family or for my local church or for my future, but I cannot do it. I I don't have the answers. You do. You do have, Lord, the answers. And then the next sentence from the Lord to him was, okay, prophesy. And I like this sentence because he says, so I did, I prophesied as he commanded I was just obeying an order from God. Sometimes I think our lack of passion or faith can be replaced only by our obedience. Ezekiel, he didn't. So the order came prophesied. But he didn't prophesy because he wanted to. He just received the order from the Lord. Do you remember Peter? He was trying to catch Fishes the whole night. And Jesus came and said, okay, Peter, come on. Throw your net again for a catch. Well, I'll spend my whole night trying to do, but under your word, I will. In other words, he, he was saying, I don't have faith to see this situation changing. But because you are saying, I will obey. The prophet speaks because God gave the, gave the order, not because he felt like it. I don't want to do, I don't want to be part of the church. Well, just obey. Just obey what God is saying. I don't have the faith enough to overcome this situation. Just obey what the word of God is saying. For example, uh, I like when Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he said, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave. What he's saying, I take my own will, my spoiled will, and and, and my desire for comfort, and I strike a blow, and make this my slave to not be disqualified. The apostle who preached about the grace of God is also preaching about this nature that we have, that sometimes we just surrender ourselves to our will. So Ezekiel, he was not feeling like, okay, I will prophesy. No, but God said, so if God's saying, I will prophesy. So if God's saying, You can believe, and you can do, and you don't need to give up in your prayers for this situation in your life. You don't need to give up to pray for your family. You don't need to give up to uh, prophesy about the church, about situations of your life, about the future. Just obey. Obey what he's saying because the power comes from him. And then, finally, we have him. The word for the Spirit the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament. The Hebrew word. Is Ruah. Wind. Breath. Breathe. And the God, God said to him. Verse 9. Prophesy to the Ruah. Wow. This is powerful. Then comes the Holy Spirit. How much do you desire. And ask for the Holy Spirit. In your life. The breath of God. The same Who. Who brought life to Adam? Adam, the first man, was just a clay, a dead body, and the Ruach came. The same wind, the same breath, the same spirit. When they were together in Acts chapter 2, in the upper room, and that wind came, bringing life. The birthplace of the church. The same Ruach prophesied to him. Sometimes I, I go downstairs in my house and i go to my kitchen the best place of the house and i like a crazy man i just prophesied to the Ruah, spirit come upon my family i don't know what's happening in their hearts and their minds i don't know the sins the hidden stuff but you do know just come holy spirit with your life sometimes we give up too easy I don't remember the last time someone in a conversation came to me saying, I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want more of this wind, this supernatural action of him in my life, in my family, in my local church, but not only in my, 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 but also God's people and the missions and advancement of the the gospel. Like I said, we have only this generation to reach our generation. So Holy Spirit, how can we do something for the next generation for church planting? Another day I was talking with a pastor in London and he said, we have a project to plant a thousand churches. And I said, it's impossible. Oh, it's not in my lifetime. I'm thinking for the next decades. For great. It's the Ruah bringing life. Prophesy to him. Prophesy to him. How will you face the beasts outside, the principalities, the powers of darkness, dry and empty? How are we as a local church to grow our effectivity or influence in this world without Ruah, without the life? So one thing that the Holy Spirit does, he brings life. So I don't know about you, but many times I felt like Ezekiel, without perspective, under captivity, or like the dry bones. I was there. In 2007, if I need to put a date, was the day when I came to my room, very bitter, very wound, full of awful memories about church and leadership and etc., and it was like a cancer in my heart, and my soul. After many years of bitterness, many years knowing a lots of backstage, of awful places, they just put the name as church. I came to the Lord and said, you need, I need your huruah. I need your life again in me. I need to fall in love again with Jesus and his cross and his resurrection and his mission. Because in those days, in 2007, I was just like a dead body. What I mean by this? We read in the text, they had skin, flesh, everything, but they had no life. I was very involved in the academic, theologic environment. A lot of external things, no life inside. Where was the life of God? A lot of debates, a lot of discussion about many themes without the Spirit, without the life of God. I was this dead corpse, body, without joy, without passion for life, without plans for the future, without the life that only the Holy Spirit can bring. Maybe this is you. You have a lot of experience or memories or informations. But you are in need of the supernatural life of the Holy Spirit. That you change every single thing in your life. And I'm talking about the gifts of tongues. We have a list of gifts. Tongues is one of them. I'm talking about the life of God that only the Holy Spirit can bring. And let me finish with this so we we can pray. He did this in our lives. At some point. Without the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't have any Christian or church on the planet. He made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. He made us alive. The life of God came through Him and His ministry. So I want to invite you to pray now, but I want to ask you a favor you pray for yourself, for your heart. We can pray for many things. We can pray for Israel and Palestine and and Ukraine and Russia. Russia. There is eight or ten wars going on now in this planet. Signs of the return of Jesus Christ. Sodom, etc. But I really want to ask you. Pray for your spiritual or personal awakening. Revival. Say, Lord, I do need this wind. This life of this spirit. Let's stand and pray can we worship guys can you just open the mics and keyboards thank you so much thank you i invite you to close your eyes close your eyes for a few seconds i don't know how was your week every time someone asks how was your week i need to stop to remember sometimes just forgot life is so busy Maybe this is the only moment of your week that you can stop for a few minutes and think in your life. To be in silence for a few seconds or minutes. There's a lot of noise around us, but also in our minds. There's a lot of fears, anxieties, search for answers in our minds. Looks like we are always chasing something. We are always expecting the new situations. But now I want to ask you to stop for a few seconds. And to have that sincere prayer that only God knows. Your spouse doesn't know. Your husband or wife or kids, they don't know. I want to ask you to speak, to prophesy to the Spirit of God. Spirit of God, I confess that it's not always I'm hungry. I have thirst of You. I do know You will not send awakening or revival for those who are happy without it. But I ask You this moment, Holy Spirit, God of God, bring the life of God to my heart. I don't want to remain the same. I, I really don't want to walk in the same way, think in the same way, behave in the same way. Because I do have your spirit available and free. For free. Holy Spirit, you are so sweet. So powerful. Bring life to this church. Those who are feeling dry, alone, empty. Bring them the breath of God. The life of God. The power of God. Bring us some new flame. New gifts. New vision for the future. New joy. We need to stand up as a strong army. We are in the last days. We need you Holy Spirit. What can we do without you Holy Spirit? So I pray in Jesus name. While you are singing, you can, you can pray, talk with the Lord. And after the song, you'll be we'll be finishing it.